Curious Conversations About Sex is brought to you by Curious Creatures, who run a variety of workshops on self-development and sexuality in Australia. My name is Rog. Today, we're listening again to an episode from early 2017, responding to the question of, what's your number one sex move? To tackle this, I'm chatting with Maureen Matthews and Kath Carter. Maureen writes a column in the Sunday Age called About Last Night, and Kath, up until her death earlier this year, was a counsellor and a central figure in Australia's sex-positive community. I miss her and her contributions to the world. Anyway, join us for a chat about our number one sex moves. And so to today's question, and the question is, what's your number one sex move? So interesting question, friends. Uh, I must admit I'm taking a bit of an outfield um, re- reply to this one, I think. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but who would like to start? What's your, what, what are your thoughts in relation to the question? What's your number one sex move? If, if by interpreting that it is what is your first move if you meet somebody and you would like eventually to have sex with them, it would be don't bring sex up at all to start with because, you know, um, there's actually nothing less attractive. I, I don't like to be gender specific, but some guys think that, you know, sort of saying, you know, geez, you're hot or some sort of sexual innuendo, that can be really shutting down. I, I would say approach the other person as a human being first and express your interest in knowing something about them as an individual human being, not a possibly available body. Yeah, it's a, it's a fine line sometimes, isn't it, between being uh, upfront and clear about what your interests are versus just like going for the um, jugular is the wrong word, going for the genitals mm. um, like far too quickly. Some people can get away with it. But yeah. Geez, if you don't think you can, don't. Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, listen as much as you talk because some people get a bit nervous and it's as though they've just got into a job interview mm. and they're giving you their resume mm. and they're not listening to your answers. Mm. So the other thing I would say is be listening and receptive and open to the other person. Mm. And the other thing, this is very much the initial meeting stage, don't go into it with a great long list of what you want. Go into it thinking, what do I have to offer? Mm. What am I giving here? Mm. It's funny, I imagine, like, um, sometimes I, I see people that look like they're in a sort of a desperate mode in relation to their sexuality, and it's like, give me, give me, what can I get? Give me, give me, what can I get? And where are the opportunities and can I exploit everything? And it's it's a, it's a bind to be in because um, uh, it's kind of unattractive, as you're saying, to be in that state. It's just unappealing to the person on the other side of it. But I understand that it's, it can be very hard to calm yourself down and centre yourself and get yourself out of that mode. But yeah, I love what you're saying about listening. We've got two ears and one mouth and we should be using them in that proportion, huh? And a final thing I'd just like to say is when you are moving into some sort of physical connection, let's bring back the passionate kiss. (laughs) (laughs) The art of the snog is being lost, you know. When I was young and you kept everything above the waist, you'd spend days and hours snogging and it was so erotic. And we kind of hop past that real quick. (laughs) And I think a really passionate kiss is an enormously erotic first sex move. Since you're here, Maureen, I'm going to go there. What's your idea of a good kiss? Oh, a good kiss. It's not tongues down throats. 
it's a gentle start. It's a feeling and a nibbling and a getting aroused and getting more passionate and getting more intimate and then introducing tongues and breathing each other's breath and smelling each other's smells and just being totally mm. absorbed in each other. Oh, I'm so sold. It's, it's not a competition <laughs> to see who can get their, their tongue furthest down the other person's throat without triggering the gag mechanism. Please, guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, dear listeners, I hope that one of you thinks to write in with the question, what makes for a good kiss? Because I'd really like to spend 15 minutes just on that oh. question sometime. <laughs> Thanks, Maureen, for getting us started with that. So, uh, Kat, what are your thoughts on uh, what's your number one sex move? I, I love your question, Roger, and I completely came from it from a whole different angle. And my angle is, well, my number one sex move is actually Sabine. So I go, this is, Sabine is like my alter ego. And so when Sabine oh. comes out, she, she's French. She has bright red hair. She has a she has a, um, a beret and she's very naughty and very cheeky and she's very sensual and very sexual. Um, and for her, it's, you know, like for me, I'm a, I'm a therapist. I have to wear that hat. I have to be serious. I have to be that duty of care, do no harm, all of that. And so when it comes to my own sex move, it's about really throwing that off and just having fun. So she's indulgent. She's a pleasure slut. She just loves oh. nothing more than have strawberries squashed on her body or, you know, that, that sense of absolutely delight with any gender just that that sense of um you know that 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 french gypsy champagne loving mm. um absolute just that indulgence and and for me that um it, that just gives me so much freedom and that you know so so i'd suggest you know if, if you're feeling shy about your sexuality to to see whether you can put on another persona well so you're almost like shape-shifting into this other identity I, that's one of my identities <laughs> that i enjoy <laughs> she's a few people have experienced sabine yeah. And, and yeah she's very naughty very yeah very um coquettish almost and and just a lot of delight and joy for me so you know that's my sex move that's so great uh, it's like a whole personality that's right but if we're being more serious about it would be um i guess one of my sex moves is about you know that um the actual word move itself is because when we're moving you know rather than staying still in sexuality and everything can be stopped you know when we're actually moving the whole body we feel a lot more freedom and so for me it's about the breath and um and using that and playing with that and um and, and moving through the body so i can experience it all through the body um, but I so agree with what Maureen's talking about. Mm. It's like that um, taking the pressure out of the sex act and just being human being stuff, seeing the person that we are and who we are in front of ourselves without feeling as though we've got to jump in and try to do this performance stuff. <laughs> it's so tough. Mm. Oh, love it. Yeah. Hey there, listener. I'd like to make you a little proposal. I love making this podcast for free because it helps me spread the word about sex positivity. But I could use your help in spreading the word just by sharing this episode if that's not too absurd. For every 10 stories that you listen to, please recommend it to someone that might like it too. This is not a real contract, for you got no say. I would if I could frame it some other way. And if sharing's not for you, that's fine. There's nothing to do. Please listen without guilt to this podcast I built.
Um, yeah, I've got a few thoughts on that. Um, um, my first, I think, is around uh, communication and trust. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think there is such a thing as uh, that one guaranteed sex move that works on all people at all times. Uh, I remember there's a scene from the film, he died with a falafel in his hand where they're having bets around what their number one sex move is. And it just doesn't exist. Even if you find something that's a real winner with one particular person, a minute later, it's not going to be. Like we all move on and every person's completely different and one person's horror story is another person's fetish. So... Um, so, yeah, but I think what sits above that and does work for everyone is communication and trust. And uh, more specifically, as a game you can play, I don't remember where I got this from. I am definitely not claiming it as my own. However, I do teach it in uh, one of my workshops called Fun Little Sex Games, which is just all about lots of fun little sex games you can play to get that communication happening. And anyway, it's called How Could This Touch Be More Perfect? It's not complicated. You nominate a part of your body and you tell the other person just a tiny bit about uh, how how you'd like it to be touched. So is it a scratch or a tickle or a massage or something like that? And then uh, they start and after not very long, they ask you, how could this touch be more perfect? And you answer. And then after maybe another 20 or 30 seconds, they ask you, how could this touch be more perfect? And they just keep on going in that cycle and it absolutely removes the pressure on the giver from having to know how to do a certain thing. Um, And as the receiver, you just have this beautiful, trustful space where it's so clear that the touch is about you and not the other person and you're going to get exactly what you want and you don't have to grin and bear anything. So anyway, I reckon that's close to the top of my list of um, number one sex moves. Uh, (laughs) Otherwise... um, A couple of little random ones, Uh, I think, particularly in relationships, um, people talk about marriage vows like they're important, but I think uh, a really important vow is to say, I will never touch you if I'm not in the mood for touching you, and I will never allow you to touch me if I'm not enjoying it. Uh, And just those basic commitments um, mean that you'll never tolerate or put up with each other or have all of those mixed confusing signals about what you're into and what you're not into. So that's a good move. And then lastly, I think all sex is just about running experiments with each other and watching the feedback. Mm. Watch the feedback. Watch the feedback. You have no idea what's going to work and what's not going to work. Um, And again, as you were saying, Maureen, like get out of your own head around what you want and that sort of gimme, gimme, gimme sense uh, and get instead in the perspective of what's working, what's going down well, what am I getting good feedback for and bad feedback for. Um, And I would say in a long-term relationship, um, just be really conscious of how it's easy to slip into routines Mm. and you know you can be lying there thinking right he's going to touch my nipple one two three nibble my earlobe hand to my boob down to the back you know and Mm. you're just like oh my god here it goes again so a don't cut out the foreplay don't just think oh well we know each other so well i'll just jump on top sort of thing and also try consciously to do some different things that not the same Mm. Every single time. Yeah. Any further ideas on where people get inspiration from how to do different new things? Probably. Uh, oh, it's you know the old question: How do I spice up my sex life? It's such a you know such a turgid one, really. I guess role play, fantasy, perhaps talking about fantasies, doing different. You know, like consciously. I don't know. No, that. Yeah. If I knew the answer to that, I'd be a billionaire, <laughs> Roger. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, I, the, the only thought I've got in the moment, it is it's a whole other chapter in itself, but my only thought is um, there's lots of lists of activities online and you can fill out the stuff that you're interested in and it will only show those things to the to your partner if your partner also identifies mm. if you're interested in them. So uh, that can be fun. But anyway, that's a whole other topic. So any final thoughts on Just number one what segment? What you're talking about basically is enthusiastic consent, isn't oh. it? Which is, you know, we know that we're all three are so on board with those. Yeah. So, so what's enthusiastic? Consent. Kat. Where two people are not only consenting to something, but they're consenting to it enthusiastically. So there's a resounding yes. There's not a oh maybe mm, yeah I might guess so. That's not enthusiastic consent. Mm. In fact, that's probably not even really consent, really, is it? Mm. But yes, you know, a resounding oh oh or it might I might be look I don't know what this is involved, but yeah I really want to try that. Thank you. Mm. I, I, I may have to say no at some stage, but mm. yes at the moment, fabulous. You know, I will try that love it and i think enthusiastic consent is a great note to end that so thank you listener that's our responses to the question of what's your number one sex move it's rog again just wanting to mention a couple of things firstly a reminder that if anyone comes to mind that might like listening to this episode please share it with them there's normally a way to do that from within your podcasting app or you could just send them a message. Secondly, if you want to know more about curious creatures who bring you this podcast, then check out our website. We're at curiouscreatures.biz, B-I-Z, and that's also linked to in the show notes. Uh, The main thing we do is run workshops in sexuality, relationships, and self-development, and we're based in Australia. Thirdly, By far the best way to stay in touch is to get on our mailing list, which you can do via the website. We think of your email address as a part of you, so we're very careful about how we use it. And lastly, if you're after our famous consent cards, go to consentcard.com. There you can see the questions for free or buy one. Thanks for listening. It's really nice having you there.